All right, welcome back, pool fans from across the country and around the world. You are listening to American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week. It is July the 20th, 2017. And the first thing we want to do is send out some congratulations to Mr. Skylar Woodward. We had him on the show last week. He was out at the WPS, or uh, World Pool Series, RYO Rack Classic Championship at uh, Steinway. He took the title. Congrats, Skyler. Good job there, buddy. And down in Vegas right now as we speak, the uh, U.S. Open 10 ball is just wrapped up. Shane Van Boning went undefeated through the entire field. Excellent job there, Mr. Van Boning. He ended up... uh, Taking wins over Danny Stone, Vinny Calabrese, Ralph Suquet, Lee Van Corteza, Warren Kiamko, and then beat Kiamko again in the finals. Uh, an outstanding run by Mr. Van Boning, who is also looking to uh, go to the U.S. Open 9-ball this year and get six titles, maybe. We'll have to see what happens. And uh, the U.S. Open 8-ball is still going on in Vegas, so if you haven't uh, been watching, go ahead and tune in to that. Lots of action left in that uh, championship, too. So, good stuff, ladies and gentlemen. This week, we're also going to be talking with a longtime female player. Miss Mary Keniston has quite the uh, row of titles under her belt over the years. So, we're going to be catching up with her and talking about her career and all that kind of good stuff. So, stick around. We'll be right back with Miss Mary Keniston right after this. All right, welcome back, everybody, and I am talking with Miss Mary Keniston. How are you doing today, Mary? I'm doing great. Doing great. How are you? I am not bad. Uh, I think it's a, not quite as hot as it is there here, but uh, <laughs> still nice summer weather. Yes, it is. Uh, we were having a heat wave, so we were up in the, the hundred and teens. Oh, gosh. 1,512, uh, which is... Uh, unusual yeah. for Vegas. Um, now we're back down to uh, 95 in the daytime, maybe 100, which <laughs> is, seems very refreshing compared to what, yeah. what it's been. But, uh, you know, climate change, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it used to only happen, you know, I lived here for 20 years, it used to only happen a couple of times a, uh, a summer, yeah. you know, to get up into the teens. But, uh, this time it lasted, uh, I think they said 23 straight days or 24 wow. straight days. They broke records. That's crazy. And, uh, but they're doing that everywhere, you know? Yeah, this is also true. So you just moved uh, back to Vegas then, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, a few months ago. Okay. Well, how, so you, I'm sure since you said you lived there before that you know the deal as far as uh, the heat is concerned then. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, even though I grew up on Long Island, uh, I uh, got to California, Southern California, in 1980. Uh, in fact, right after I won the uh, 1980 World Pro Am Nine Ball, I looked on a map and, uh, and uh, saw LA. Looked like it was pretty close, so uh, I'd never been there. So I said, "Well, let's go there." So that's how <laughs> I ended up out west. 
Well, you mentioned your pool career there briefly. Um, for those of us that haven't keep you know kept up with your every move, why don't you go ahead and give us the rundown on uh, how old were you when you started to play? Well, unlike most players, I started late. Okay. I uh, didn't, uh, I played a little bit in college. Um, uh, I ha- I was on in college on an athletic scholarship. I was always okay. an athlete. Uh, I was a tomboy when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, tall and enough was, to slam dunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was I was almost six feet tall when I was in seventh eighth grade. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, uh, I love sports, and uh, and uh, I got a basketball scholarship uh, okay. in my senior year to the only college in the United States that, at that time, was offering women's sports scholarships. Oh, really? And, uh, it was a little college out in Nebraska, John F. Kennedy College, uh, no longer in existence as a lot of small schools uh closed in the Midwest yeah. years later. But anyway, uh, I was thrilled because uh, I got to keep playing basketball. You know? Yeah. And, okay. uh, anyway, I went out there, and uh, like I said, I've, by then I'm six feet tall, and I'd always towered over all the girls. I never saw <laughs> there was I had one, one friend that was my height, but that was it. Uh-huh. And uh, I went out there, and it was the first time in my life I was ever in the front row of a picture. <laughs> uh, it was it was incredible. There were girls on that team that was six, 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 seven, and and you know how Serena and Verena, Venus Williams are built. Yeah, you know, muscular and everything. Well, that's the way a couple of these girls were. You know, and they were like, the, the, you know, like this one girl you mentioned. You were from South Texas. Uh, I'm sure you know where Victoria, Texas is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was a a, a black girl, and uh, she was six eight, and she was built like Venus Williams. Oh man! And I mean, she was look. She was terrifying looking. <laughs> and meanwhile, she was the sweetest girl you'd ever want to meet. But anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> I learned a whole new way of playing basketball. They took me, uh, and they they made me a guard because I was quote unquote short, <laughs> and, uh, so I had to you know learn a different game. But uh, anyway, I had fun, and uh, but I'd always had problems with my knees, and uh, and I tore up my knee, my knees permanently, oh, uh, yeah. finally, uh, in my second year. Oh. Uh, the day before I was supposed to start on the varsity. I didn't make varsity the first year. And uh made the varsity the following year, and before the first game I tore my knees up, and that was the end of my career. Ow. And uh, in my, uh, in those days they didn't have laser surgery like they do today. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they were going to do the, the surgery on both legs and, you know, on the railroad track scars from shin to to the mid thigh and uh, so I said well you know if I and the school was going to pay for it and I said well if uh, you know if I do do this and go through you know all this pain and rehab and you know what's the odds of me playing ball again and they said 50-50 well it wasn't good enough for me <laughs> right so yeah. I do I still get my scholarship if I uh, if I quit the team and they said absolutely and I said well okay thank you very much yeah <laughs> so anyway, even though I 
uh, couldn't play sports anymore, which, you know, it was tough because, uh, you know, I was at a very sports-oriented school. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, the women's basketball team were the national champions, AAU champions. That was pre-NCAA. And uh, the softball team was the Women's World Series for several years, the champions. And, uh, you know, it was a very sports-oriented school, and it was difficult to not, to, you know, to be in that environment and not uh, play. Right. But anyway, my boyfriend uh, was kind of a... Um, trying to think of a different words because I don't want to swear. Um, <laughs> anyway, he was a half-blank pool player. Let's just put it that way. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, bar box. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, I didn't know. He just, but anyway, in my contract, it said I couldn't go to bars, I couldn't ski, I couldn't do this, I couldn't do that. Well, anyway, now that uh, I was no longer playing sports, I could go to the bars. So he was thrilled. <laughs> so now I could go to the bar on the weekend with, with the other kids. And uh, even though I didn't drink, and it's not because I have anything morally against it or anything, I just don't like the taste of it. And uh, uh, so I was kind of bored. And, uh, you know, everybody else is sitting around getting drunk. So I'm sitting there, and they had this bar table in there. So I'm watching you. I've never seen one before. And uh, so I'm watching him, you know. And finally, I got real bored, and I put my quarter up. Well, within two weeks, I was beating everybody in the bar, including him. And, you know, uh, I just had a natural, uh, you know, the eye hand. And, yeah. You know, I could, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. It's okay. I had a natural, um, uh, well, I just could see where, about where I had to hit the ball to make it. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I didn't know anything about ball control or anything like that. Right. You know, I just pocketed the balls, you know, and uh, you know, and then common sense, you know, uh, I try to run out, you know. Uh, uh. Anyway, long story short, um, and I was also working as a checker at the local supermarket, the Hinky Dinky. Oh, the Hinky Dinky, I remember that. Dinky. Anyway, uh, and you know, for a dollar forty an hour, <laughs> and. Anyway, they were playing for beers. And so I said, well, I don't drink. I said, so if, if you win, I'll buy you a beer. If I win, you give me the quarter. In those days, draft beer was a quarter. Right. All right. Well, anyway, at the end of the night, first night, I had like $14. <laughs> well, that was like working all day. Yeah, <laughs> so anyway, I did it again, and then my boyfriend started taking me around to some of the little towns around there, and uh, and we challenge them, you know, Scotch doubles, even though we didn't call it that, um, and we'd play for a dollar or two dollars a game. Well, anyway, so long story short, I quit the hinky dinky, <laughs> and then uh, um, and then I came home from school. And while I was home from school, my parents had moved from Long Island to North Jersey. My father worked in New York City, and the commute was easier from the Jersey side. Sure. And, you know, I would get lost backing out of the driveway. <laughs> uh, you know, I, didn't, uh, you know, I didn't know the lay of the land. <laughs> right. <laughs> so 
anyway, uh, about the third night I was home, my mom said, asked me if I'd run down to the store and get some milk or something. I said, sure. So she told me where the supermarket was, and so I drove down there. And right next door, uh, well, near the market, was this huge billiard room with big pool tables. I'd never seen them before. You know, and it had plate glass in the front. Uh, All the tables had a different color cloth on them. And you could see inside. You know, it was dark by then. You could see inside. And I saw all these kids playing pool. So I thought, hmm, after supper, I'll, you know, I'll go down there and see if I can make some friends. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. Or make some money, <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, it never even entered my mind to, to, to play for money because, right. you know, it just never entered my mind. And uh, I just wanted to make some friends. I didn't know anybody. Sure, sure. And uh, so anyway, I was in the, so I started going down there every night after supper. And I'm there a week. And the only person that said a word to me is the house man. <laughs> I think, well, these people are pretty unfriendly. But I didn't care, because by that time, uh, you know, I I was falling in love with pool. Yeah. And uh, so I would just go down there and play by myself for a couple hours and then go home. So anyway, after about the fifth or sixth night, uh, the house man, he's an old Italian guy, who by this time I knew his name was Bob, retired. And uh, he was always friendly to me when I came in. And uh, he said to me, listen, he says, I'm off tomorrow night. He said, uh, "He said, uh, you want a few pointers? I said, sure. He says, okay. He says, I'll meet you down here tomorrow night. I said, okay. So the next night I went down there, and, and, you know, he showed me how to stop my ball and follow it. And, you know, this basic center ball, cue ball control. Mm-hmm. And well, I was thrilled because you know now, you know my game just that night went improved in leaps and bounds. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, we got talking, and I said, you know, I said these people aren't very friendly in here. I said nobody <laughs> talked to me. And he looked at me. He says, and he laughed. He says, Mary. He says, look around. He says, do you see any other females in here? All right. And I and I looked around and 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 yeah, you know, it never it never even entered my mind because I'd grown up playing with the boys. Yeah. The, the back didn't look any different than what I'd always done my whole life, and it just it seemed normal to me. He says, "Come on," he says, "I'll take you and I'll introduce you to a couple of the guys." I said, <laughs> "Okay." So we walked around the room and he introduced me to four or five people and uh, and uh, anyway, so the next night I came in and uh, you know a couple of them said hi to me and. One of them came up and asked if I wanted to practice, and I said, okay. And so that was the beginning of the end for me as far as, uh, you know. And I, and I fit right in because I always get along better with the guys anyway. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, after I was playing there a few months, I came home from the pool room, and I must have had some chalk on my nose or something. <laughs> and my father looks at me and... Uh, he takes his finger and, and goes against my face and, you know, he looks at it. He says, what the hell is this? <laughs> and I said, and I, and I, so I did the same thing. I said, oh, I said, it's chalk. It's pool chalk. He says, and, you know, my father was very, uh, very strict. and We didn't get along. We were both, uh, both, uh, 
Folks always had to have the last word. Headstrong. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, he says, he says, well, where the hell did you get that? And so I said, oh, I said, you know, there's a pool room, you know, down the street, and I've been going there at night, and I've been learning how to play pool. And he says, well, you're not going there anymore. Oh no. And I, yeah, and I was like stunned. I says, well, what do you mean? I said, and he says, you know, daughter of mine is going to be hanging around in a pool room. Uh-oh. And if, you, and if you think you're going to sneak down there, if I catch you, you're not getting the car. Because I didn't have a car yet. I was working and trying to save up money, but I could use their cars at night. You know? Oh, no. And I was like, I was so angry. I tried to argue with him, and he just didn't want to hear it. And, uh, and my mother's in the background uh, making, you know, hand signals like, you know, let it drop, let it drop, and I'll talk <laughs> to him, you know. So anyway, I'm just, I'm just furious. And, and I'm and I'm really upset because sad, you know, sad upset because you know I've made friends and yeah. I'm having fun and uh, anyway, so but I don't dare go back down there because I need the car, you know. Yeah. Dang. And uh, so anyway, about a month or so later, I run into Bob, and he says, "Where have you been?" And because uh, he didn't have my number or anything, you know, and. Uh, and so I told him the story. And he says, well, give me your number anyway, so at least we can stay in touch. And, you know, and yeah. I said, okay. He was a retired executive. Uh, he was the former uh, sales manager, national sales manager for a couple large companies. I mean, he was very sharp, very, very intelligent. And I, I really liked hanging around with him. You know, he was a, a good guy. Anyway, so... We went our separate ways, and about two days, two, three days later, after <laughs> supper, my father says, come on, put your jacket on, we're going to take a ride. Well, <laughs> you know, my father and I never took a ride. <laughs> you know, that kind of looked at him, he said, come on, get your coat. And I said, well, uh -oh. right. and, and uh -oh. I looked at my mother, and my mother's like giving me the, it's okay, look, you know. <clears throat> So, uh, so I get in the car with him. He doesn't say a word. I don't say a word. I figure, you know, let me just see where we're going. And he pulls up in front of the pool room. And I just looked at him. And he didn't look at me. He just uh, got out and started walking into the pool room. So I hurry up, run out of the car. I walk in behind him. And uh, Bob's waiting for him behind the counter. They shake hands, and Bob uh, says hello to me, and he kind of winks at me when my father's not looking. <laughs> anyway, Bob had called up my father and invited him to come down and uh, check the place out, and if he didn't think that that was a, you know, and it was a family fun palace kind of a place, you know, it's yeah. not the CD pool room. Uh, it's still there, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Guys and Dolls Billiards in Bellevue, New Jersey. Yeah. But anyway, uh, he took him around, and then uh, and then uh, my father and I got on a pool table together, and I could by this time I knew a little bit about the game, mm -hmm. and I could see my father trying to play position and trying to use English. In other words, he hadn't played in probably twenty, thirty years, but he was just rusty. I could tell he used to be able to play. And after the first game, I said, I looked at him. I said, you used to play. He says, yeah. He says, you know, he kind of 
was a little embarrassed, you know. He says, yeah, he says, you know, I played a little bit. Uh, my father was from Brooklyn. And uh, and he says, yeah, I'm sure I married your mother. I says, uh, he says, you know, I, used to, I never worked. I played pool. <laughs> that first tournament was that you went into? I'm thinking 76, but I'm not positive. Okay. I'm just trying to, to get the, the time frame here in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like I say, I lived in New Jersey. I left just before the end of... Ni- no, wait a minute now. Yeah, just before the end of 1980. Okay. So I played in the Northeast for a few years um, in all the you know, the WPBA events. I mean, we were, it was in, a, in our, it was in its infancy. Right, right. Uh, the WPBA. In fact, uh, uh, when Billy Billing was president, I was secretary treasurer. Yeah, I started to ask you if you were friends with her at that time, too. I'm sure that you had to have been. Well, we all, uh, uh, you know, it was kind of like 
us against the world mentality. Yeah. You know, we'd all pile into cars together and and drive up to Scientology. That's a place in New London. They'd have tournaments for us, you know, twice a year. Most, you know, uh, almost everybody would sleep on the floor of their house, you know. <laughs> You know, uh, or or some of us would get motel rooms. That's what I always did. And uh, yeah. I had Laurie John with me. She was 11 or 12. Uh-huh. And uh, so I was in charge of taking care of Laurie John. And, uh, and then we'd always have two other girls in the room. So there'd be four of us in a room. And, you know, anyway, uh, it was it was it was fun, you know. Heck yeah, man. It sounds like it. Now, it I want you to but brag. That's how I got hooked. Yeah, brag a little bit about uh, how many titles now uh, are major events. How many titles do you have? Well, not as many as I should have. Um, <laughs> you know, well, no, I'm not trying to be funny, but but I took breaks. Myself in included. <laughs> well, I just took breaks in between. Right. Uh, uh, for example, after I won uh, the the World Pro-Am in Vegas in 1980. I didn't play in another tournament until 1984. Hmm, okay. And the reason is, is that most of the tournaments, well, I played in a couple in California, but I didn't play in any big WPBA, large WPBA events, not that they were that big, but right. I don't know that time, but, but they were mostly all on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Grady Matthews would call me and say, you know, come on, just get here, I'll put you in. What kind of plane ticket was, uh, you know, <laughs> 400, 500 in those days, which yeah. in 1980, early 80s money, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it was. Especially when you're working, you know, you're, well, anyway. And uh, so I would just say, you know, thanks, but no thanks. And uh, so it wasn't until the McDermott Masters in 84 that I started playing again. Right. And then, uh, after winning several tournaments in 87, I quit to open my pool room and didn't play for over a year. Right. And then the only reason I started playing again in 89 was because the the Brunswick World Open was held here in Vegas. And Steve Tipton called me up. He said, come on, it's in your hometown. Play. I said, <laughs> okay, I won it. <laughs> and then I won the McDermott Masters. Awesome. And uh, right a month later, and then, uh, you know, and finished high, and then I got pregnant. I won a couple of tournaments, got pregnant, and, you know, and then that was the end of me for a while. And then in 95, uh, the hammer came down, and uh, uh, I got real sick, and uh, and that was pretty much the end of me. Mm. So, you know, it was kind of, I had a, uh, and then also, um, I had, uh, I'd be I'd be in good stroke at home, you know, and then uh, and then when I go to the tournament, well, actually, I'll tell you what killed me, and and uh, Ivan, I know you're going to hate me for this, but when <laughs> Simona's first came out, I, I was helpless because I came up on, you know, the old slow cloth, right. And, you know, I had a I had a man stroke. I'm not bragging, but people have seen me play, you know, say I, I, I play like a man. And, uh, uh, and you know, I, you know, powerful, and I had a good stroke, and I was using English, and coming, snapping out of the corners. And, right. You know, I mean, that's the way you could let your stroke out on those old tables. Well, now, when the Simonis came out, 
I mean, it was like playing on glass. Yeah, you're right. And, uh, uh, I couldn't swing my arm. I was, I was terrified. And uh, so my game uh, just dropped down to, to nothing. You know, the new cloth and it's sliding. And uh, I mean, it was just unbelievable. And it took me a couple of years to adapt to it. Yeah, I would imagine and, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, and the thing is, is that the Simonis at home, differently than the Simonis in most other places because it's so dry here. Right. It didn't play as fast here as it did uh, in a lot of other places. Right. And, uh, and it was not as humid and, you know, all the... So anyway, uh, uh, I really struggled, you know. And uh, then as soon as I... It seems like as soon as I got dialed in, then I got pregnant and, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's always something. Always you know, something, it's yeah. It's always... No, so, now, were you all playing uh, nine ball all that time? Yeah, on the WPBA tour, we'd have uh, uh, we used to have the U.S. Open straight pool, right? You know, every, every few years, but it wasn't a very consistent thing. Okay, I didn't and, know if uh, that but, was your game of choice or not, or if you were a nine. Well, ball I came up playing straight pool, right? You know, when I first started in the seventies, uh, you know, that's all I played, and. Uh, uh, until I discovered nine ball. No, do you and, like uh, nine ball better or not? I, lo I I love the rotation games. Yes. Okay. This, you know the straight pool. Um, I I very rarely play it. Um, it's just not the. Uh, it's just not. I don't know. I think it's boring. I yeah. mean, uh, it's, and it's not that. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying I can run hundreds, but you know, I you know. I don't know. It bores me. Yeah. I like to, I like to play nine ball. I like the creativity of the mm -hmm. game and the different. Sure. You know, everybody says, "Oh, it's the same game." You know, over. Oh, no, it's not. Not really. You know, every time you break the balls, it's like a kaleidoscope. Yeah. You know, you know what that is. I turn the thing, and it's a different picture. Well, that's what nine ball is—a ten ball. Yeah. And uh, and I got to tell you though, I'm with Earl. I don't like the jump cues. I think it takes. Uh, uh, a big chunk out of the game. Uh, you know, I learned how to kick. Right. And, uh, and I kicked better than most of the girls that I played with, you know, at, in my era. Right. And, uh, and that really hurt me because uh, uh, now instead of getting ball in hand almost all the time, well, now you just hook them and they hop over. and uh, Yeah, you know, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, so I'm with Earl. And uh, I figure if you can't jump with your own cue, then, uh, then uh, you know. But anyway, uh, and I also do not like the alternate break format. Mm. I think, uh, uh, I mean, I understand the rationale for it. Sure. But I think that takes the excitement out of the game also because, uh, you know, you don't see any people running racks anymore. You don't see any packages. Right, 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 and, right. Uh, and also, if you get behind, it's really hard to come back. Absolutely. Not only do you have to win on your break, but you have to hope that your opponent makes a mistake and lets you and and you can get to the table with a shot. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And win the game, you know. Uh, and conversely, if you get out ahead, you're almost stealing to win. You know, 
so for that reason, I know, and with the short races, I mean, it's. Uh, I think they've really uh, put this in quotes. Dumbed the game down. Well, they certainly convoluted for sure. That's for sure. It's not. Uh, it's not nearly the game that it used to be. And I'm only saying that because I'm a history geek and uh, right? I know how the 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 quote unquote pool games began as a group game, like right. where people were pooling into the same game, pooling their money. A group. Right. Basically, that was the definition. It was a group game. Right. And the, right. the rotation games were uh, set up such so that not only could a group play, but there was a money ball or a several money balls in the same rack. So that and, w- and I would and I would guess it was probably faster too. Yes, and it was fast. Yeah. It was just bam, right. bam, bam. You had a winner. Right. You had a loser. You had somebody that got to stay in, and that right. was sort of the the premise of it was a gambling game. That's the way that it right. began. And so now, like you said. Uh, you change up a few rules here and there, and and it's almost like this made for APA equalizer thing where you can't run exactly. away with it because it's alternate break and you know this kind of uh, yeah I don't know it, I, like you said I can see why they do it certainly why they do it that way uh, sort of to make it I don't know to give both people as much of a chance as possible to come back but yeah but to, it also penalizes the the players that have great breaks, right? Because now all the people that don't, right? Uh, uh, you know, at least they get a chance to break every other game, exactly. Whereas they would never get a chance the other way, right? It's a and, different uh, element, absolutely true. Absolutely. And they also the spot shot, the spot shot has disappeared. Yeah, also true. You know, the ball in hand uh, when you miss, you know, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, in fact, we were talking about that last night, John Lehman and. Uh, and a couple of us were talking about if we were the god of pool, you right. know, what we would do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I I said I think that the either you automatically lose the game if you scratch on the money ball like an eight ball, right? Or you shoot a spot shot, yeah. but you shouldn't be able to just spot the ten or the nine and then put the cue ball six inches away and shoot a hanger, right? You know, right. in the game, you should uh, you know either. Lose it outright because you didn't control your cue ball. Yeah. Uh, or the incoming player has to shoot a spot shot. But I like to lose the game better. Yeah. Even though, even though with the ball in hand, you pretty much automatically lose it anyway. Yeah. You know, like they say, standardize the rules. If you have, yeah, so. if it, if it's lose the game, if you scratch an eight ball, then it should be the same way and. Nine and ten ball. Yeah, I, well, I tend to agree with you. You know, I just happen to think that that's a thing because it it places that much more uh, emphasis on trying not to scratch. That's that's right. Cue ball control. Right, yeah. and which is the the scratching is sort of the it is intended to be the absolute worst thing that you can do in the game. And exactly. Right. So you know you're supposed to be terrified of scratching not like just oh right. well that's not a big deal they just spot the ball yeah yeah, yeah well right. since we're talking about this now we're obviously talking about the way that the game uh has changed over time so my uh, my follow-up question to that something i really did intend to ask you was generally speaking what's the difference the way that the game's being played now and then Besides the rules, what's the di- what's besides the specifics of the game rules? 
the mentality, the industry, what has changed since you were young up until now? Well, uh, for example, for example, women are much more accepted in pool rooms now. That's one thing, you know, obviously that's different. Yes, that's exactly. Uh, I I remember, uh, you know, and I'm sure I'm not the only woman from back in the day, uh, that played in the old days, you know, you walk into a pool room and, uh, you know, people didn't like it. The guys didn't like it. Now, right. a lot of them did. I'm not saying that everybody, but, you know, and I remember when I was on the road walking into a place in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, and it had like a little half wall separating the pool tables from the counter area. Right. And on, on the <coughs> swinging door, or gate, or whatever you want to call it, into the pool table area, there was a big sign saying, no N-words, or women past this point. <laughs> now, this is 1980. Yeah. You know, that made me furious, because, you know, even though I know women's lib came along at the same time that I grew up, but I was never, I don't know, I guess since I came up playing with the guys, I never... The only thing that really annoyed me when I was little is that they wouldn't let me play Little League, <laughs> even though I was the best player. Right. And the coach knew it, and he went to bat for me, but the association just wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't let me play. And that was the only Because you're thing a that girl, I right. So yeah. I, but I was not a real big women's liver, even though I came, but it still annoyed me when, yeah, when, sure. when things, you know, were... Because of my gender, I was not allowed to do things. Right. And I was furious, you know. And <laughs> I was on the road with buddy, Paul, and he said, and I'm mad. He says, well, come on, let's just get it. I said, no. He said, listen, you're going to get us locked up. You know, we are in the <laughs> South. You know, and, uh, like I say. So anyway, he hustled me out of there. And, uh, but I was mad because, you know, <laughs> there was a guy in there that I was supposed to go in there and beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway. Well, that's uh, good. So now, typically, we don't see that happening. I mean, like, no, don't get me wrong. are accepted uh, uh, today. Uh, there are a lot of uh, great women, women players, especially in, the, uh, in, in Asia. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, in my day, there were a few ladies from Taiwan and Japan. Right. That play. Um, but not like it is today. Uh, China, there were zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Philippines, zero. Right. Um, and, you know, of course, the other countries, Korea and, and all the other countries. Uh, right. Uh, you know, not so much. Uh, not at all. Uh, well, maybe there were, but they couldn't afford to come to the states. Maybe that sure, was the deal. Sure. Well, and if there were Chinese <laughs> players, they weren't. We weren't going to hear anything from them. <laughs> Being the evil westerners, right. they weren't going to have anything to do with that. You know. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, uh, and then when the WPA started in 1990, we would rotate the world championships. So uh, we the first time we went over to Europe and. It was held in Bergheim, Germany, and then the following year, it was held here in the States in Las Vegas, and then the next year it was in Taiwan. 
And then it went back to Europe and then the States. And, you know, so we rotated between the three areas. Um, so Taiwan was uh, uh, actually pretty involved mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. at that time. Right, right, right. Um, as far as the changes, well, we've already gone into, uh, you know, the old, oh, and rack your own. <laughs> yeah, and rack your own, too. That's another thing. <laughs> I, you know, the way I look at it is if you lose, grab you a fistful of rack and rack them. Yeah. You know, it's like your punishment for losing. That's pretty much it. That's what, I yeah. mean, that's the way we grew up. That was the joke. It was like, go exactly. rack them. Go rack them. You know, you just lost. Right, go rack, rack them. Yeah, rack go rack them. Seriously. And if, you, and if you're the one that lost, you know, you're racking the ball and you're thinking about the game that you just, you know, I mean, it's just, it's like, and the winner gets to rest a little bit. Yeah. Between while you're, the other person's racking, oh, gets right. to have a drink of water or, you know, just has a minute. Yep. Whereas now you win the game, you got to go down there and rack, uh, you know, hey, Jesus. I mean, yeah. it's a good thing it is alternate break, so you get a rest. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the other thing that I think is that it's like, it's like, how can you let your opponent rack for himself? That doesn't seem right either, because now no. he's going like, like to set it up. It's like the box guarding the hen house. It's exactly me. what it is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. I mean, I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. And, uh, and they say, yeah, well, uh, you know, the opponent can slug rack you. I said, well, if you, if you know what to look for in a slug rack, they're not going to get away with it. Right, right, exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, uh, it just... There's a lot, you know, and it sounds like, you know, oh, you know, well, she's just, you know, uh, you know, a dinosaur complaining about the change of life. <laughs> well, you know, I tell you what, I'm not alone. All dinosaurs feel the same way. <laughs> Damn you, dinosaur Mary. Good grief. Well, I revel in it. I mean, uh, it's, uh, you know... You know what? If you if if that's what they uh, the way that they look at it, then then all you have to say is, "Look, I deserve to act this way. I deserve to have an opinion. I've played this game long enough. You know what? Exactly. I've played this I game long. Enough. Law. I was playing before most of these people were born. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And well, and that means that you you saw it when there was quote unquote nothing wrong with it. And it worked. It was fine. So I don't know yeah. why uh, you know why everybody wants to make it easier. So. Thank you, you know, and, uh, and, you know, and with these magic racks, I mean, I understand the rationale behind them. Sure. You know, it takes, uh, you know, it makes everybody, uh, tries to put them on an even playing field. Right, 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 right. But the wing ball and nine ball still goes in mm-hmm. every time with a magic rack. And, and in 10 ball, it's very rare that they don't make a ball. Right. Whereas in my day, when the guys played 10 ball, which contrary to popular belief, yes, we did play 10 ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they Heck act yeah. like they invented the game. Today. Yeah, no, we played anyway, 15 ball too, actually. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, it was hard to make a ball on the break mm-hmm. in 10 ball. That's mm-hmm. why the guys, you know, they wanted to play it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And now, uh, now with the magic rack, and uh, you know, and everybody figuring out the rack and all this other stuff. I mean, it's just, it. I don't know. It's just. It seems like they're worried not, about the wrong thing. You know what I mean? 
Exactly, exactly. And they talk about how easy the tables were in, in the old days and this and that, how much better the diamond tables are. Well, you know, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, uh, no. oh, my God. I mean, uh, yeah, go down south and play on uh, a tight dandy or, 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 you know. I mean, I just don't understand it. You know, these people that have no clue no, what, what it was like. Make right. these rationalizations about the equipment that we played on. Right, and of course, the they're used to playing on uh, diamond seven foot tables with glass cloth on them. You know what I mean? That's uh, yeah. It, I, yeah. I mean, you know. it's certainly different, but I can't say whether or not it's better or worse because the conditions were what the conditions were when they were there. So does that mean y'all played better or worse because the conditions were different? Uh, right. You know and, what I mean? And, and as far as the women's game goes, the reason that Gene and I were so dominant is, is be, and Robin mm-hmm. is because... Uh, and I know I'm leaving people out, uh, but we had we had good strokes. Yeah. And we didn't bump the balls around. Well, I imagine being tall probably helped a lot too. Well, that was a big help too. I got another story about that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, just just you know the 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 old cloth you had to muscle. And how about on the bar tables? With I don't know if you're old enough, but they yeah. used to play with the big cue ball. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Well, there was no female that played as well as I did on the bar box with the big cue ball because I was taught by Blackie and Buddy how to play with it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was mad when they came out with the magnetic and then the regular size <laughs> cue ball because it you know, a lot of people didn't know how to play with it. I could draw that big ball around the table. Oh yeah, but it was a different stroke. Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. That I believe that's the first type of table I probably learned to play serious on was the old valley, right. the right. valley coinomatic. And with you the know big, that big ball was a big equalizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so there were a lot of things um, that made the game easier. Uh, you know, and, and like I say, back in those days, you had to have a good stroke, male or female. Yeah. And now it's, uh, you know, everybody hits, the, you know, every time somebody has to come with a good stroke, <laughs> you know, people go crazy because they don't see it anymore. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. You know, now it's just basically, you know, you just hit everything uh, softly or with a medium speed and you never see anybody hit the ball hard except maybe on the break. Take the game back to the 10-foot table, Mary. That's what we need. 10-foot tables well, with, with you know, horse blankets on them. That, that's <laughs> You know, the way I'm talking now about the old days is probably the way the old timers, Moscone and Karras and Irving Crane and all those guys, yeah. talked about when they downsized to the nine foot tables. Right. And when they came out with the plastic, you know, phenolic balls. Right. And uh, I've got a, a near complete set of clay balls. Mm. I'm missing the 14. So if anybody wants to donate a 14 play ball to me, send it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, they are hard to play with. Yeah. And like you say, I've got a pretty good stroke. Yes, they are. They're something. And I'm using them on Simonis. 
<laughs> and I'm using a regular cue ball, not the not the ivory cue ball like they had to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, when once you play a little bit with those, it really gives you an appreciation. Oh yeah, for most the old timers. And how about Wimpy with the nine ball? And, uh, exactly. You know, I mean, it's just. Uh, huh. Yeah, I remember sitting there talking to my Stoney, and uh, I was his uh, drinking buddy, even though I didn't drink. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, fill, he'd fill a glass for me, and he'd polish off the bottle. He never noticed that mine never really was empty. <laughs> but he'd, he'd tell me stories, you know, and people would stop by the table and this and that. And, uh, and that was one of his big rants, was the, how they dumbed the game down. Yeah. Made mm-hmm. it easy. Anybody can play now. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. No. Well, and that, I think that's for me is the biggest irony of it is that 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 some of the people today will suggest that they weren't as good as players, and look at yeah. the easy I mean, equipment that they how, used. How, how, how there's so many, you know, the players of today are so much better than the players. Of yeah, yesterday. and you know, forget right, about it. Right, right, and I'm thinking, well, no, it's the opposite. Back then, oh, yeah. the tables were larger, the balls were mud, the cloth was fuzzy. You know, I mean, the conditions yeah. were always different. So the sort of repetitive, sterile environment that they're doing it today, it would be easier to be. A better player now, easier than ever, especially right. with all the educational material that's available. Exactly, there's so much information on the internet mm-hmm. now. It's uh, I, I'm playing better now than I did when I played all those years. That's awesome. Because you know, back in those days, you know, very few people would show you anything. Right, right, right. Uh, I was lucky that that uh, uh, I. I, I learned a little bit from, from Buddy and Blackie. Uh, and then when I had my pool room, uh, you know, I would make it my business to, you know, to try to get on the table with, you know, with my friends, you know, all, <laughs> of the, <course. laughs> all the guys that would come in and play, the top guys. And, you know, Earl and Grady and Billy Johnson, uh, you know, all those guys. I mean, you know, even if it was just a rack for them. Yeah. Uh, Awesome, awesome. Yeah, but it, like I say, it's different today. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, you know, today, you know, my day, Americans dominated. And then the Philippines came in, mm-hmm. and they were they were dominating, uh, dominant along with our guys. And then uh, in, back in those days, it was, it was basically Oliver Ortman and Ralph Suquet. Mm-hmm. I remember Ralph when he had hair. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and there were a couple others that would come over ralph eckert and uh and they were very good players but today you know you've got uh, there's a million of them yeah bunches and, and bunches uh, of them but that's okay yeah no that's, that's okay. awesome that's great that i we should all be happy that it's so popular all over the world yeah you know? the only thing i'm disappointed with is that the pool in the united states is circling the drain yes it, it's it's baffling it really is baffling why it is not in uh, why professional pool is not in a better uh state than it is it's baffling i mean it's very easy to to point out how it has come to this but it's what i can't explain is why it's someone hasn't jumped in like full force because it's just there waiting to be done anybody with an with enough money to work with could literally take over professional pool in the united states right now if they wanted to 
Yeah, well, you know, people knocked Kevin Trudeau. Right. Um, but, you know, he had a pretty good idea. I didn't like the game he picked uh, <laughs> so much. Right. But uh, but he had a great idea. He had an arrangement with uh, this, I think his name is Stanley Ho. Oh, he's a big... Uh, the network guy. Yeah, he, uh, they were going to bet on the matches on the internet. Yes, yes, yes. I know who you're talking and, about. Yeah, yeah, and like they do in, in in London with the snooker. Yes. And uh, and and then what happened is uh, our illustrious senator Senator John McCain slipped uh, something into one of these must pass bills, mm -hmm. uh, and it killed uh, online betting and for the United States. Yeah. And it not only killed Trudeau's idea. Uh, but it also killed uh, online poker for for many years. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, and all the other uh, things that they gambled on, and the you know, the blackjack and everything else. But you know that was a death blow to, to Kevin, and he tried to keep it afloat. Uh, but you know he had to he had to pull up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had and, to cut and, the losses. You know, and and you know I got a check. Every couple, every, you know, a few times a year, you know, for uh, what he owed me. And I know everybody else did. It took him a while to pay us off, but we got paid. Yeah. He didn't have to pay us. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. And, uh, well, I hope somebody picks up the ball. You know what I mean? Like I said, I, I, and I'm not saying it, uh, in it like a, a, in a bad way when I say a person with the right enough money. But it really will be not cheap to put together professional, you know, play, organized professional career for somebody. But at the same yeah. time, once that ball is rolling, it, it's it's very easy to sustain itself. So yeah. many, there's so many people play pool in this country. Bazillions of people play pool in this country. The leagues, yes. the leagues are stronger than ever. Yes, but the thing is, and like I say, and I'm not trying to be, uh, a downer here. I mean, Negative I've spent my Nelly. entire life trying to, to get pool <laughs> off the ground. Yeah. But the thing is, is that in this country, the way it works is that sponsors want eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, right. And there's too many other things that grab the eyeballs. Right, right, right. You know, you got the football and the baseball and the, you know, you got everything, basketball. And yeah. and you know, I'm convinced that the only reason that golf is so successful is because the, all the corporate big shots, uh, they get to put their name on uh, on the tournament, and then they they let their executives rub shoulders with the golfers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, hang out with Tiger Woods <laughs> and whoever else the stars are. I don't follow golf, so I really don't know. Yeah, me neither. But, uh, <laughs> I think it's boring. <laughs> it is, though. It is. It's, it's fun to play, but uh, it's like, you know, some pool games. It's fun to play, but not so much to watch. You know, it, it just gets... Yeah, it's, it's, I don't even think it's fun to play. Believe me, uh, when I was younger, I, I I took some lessons, and the, the, the pro was, like, freaking out when I quit. I told him I was <laughs> <laughs> it was too easy. Awesome. But, anyway, but, you know, in those days, the girls didn't make any money playing golf either. Yeah, the girls right. didn't make any money doing anything. Anything, yeah, exactly, Boy. exactly. But, All right, uh, Mary. Well, listen, I got to run, so I th I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. No problem. I, I enjoyed it. 
Thank you, David. I know that uh, you've called several times in the past, but I just always, you know, like I say, I need at least a day's notice. Oh, yeah, no problemo. <laughs> Well, you uh, thanks again for talking with us, and, and uh, hopefully we'll get to see you at many more events here in the future. Yeah, I'm just about ready to hop in my car and head down to the BCA and watch the bar box. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's bar the box BCA's got theirs going on, and uh, let's see. What else is it? The, is it the... Uh, well, the men's US, the, the U.S. Open 10 ball ended last that's night. That's Yeah, last night. Shane uh, successfully defended his title. Yes, yes. So the eight and, ball uh, is not over with yet, then. The eight, the U.S. Open eight ball is next week. Oh, that's next week. Okay, and then the week yeah. after that is uh, what is it? The Junior Nationals is going on too. Yes, the trade show. Yes, the trade show. Right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. The trade show. Okay. Awesome. Well, if I can manage to get my carcass out there, I'll certainly give you a shout. If not, maybe I'll see you for the Moscone Cup. Okay, well, uh, uh, yeah, and if you do make it out for the trade show, stop by the Pool and Billiard Magazine booth. That's where I will be most okay. of the time. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, you take care, and we'll talk to you soon, Mary. All right, thank you, David. Uh-huh, bye-bye.